Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hello and welcome to Too Old for TikTok, episode 138. Catalina, we have a lot to update everyone and TikTok is going strong in the month of October. We've spent a lot of quality time together. It was your New York City bachelorette party this weekend. How are you feeling? Um, I've been better. I feel like every episode this entire month is just going to be me saying more and more how unwell I'm feeling. (laughs) So (laughs) I would say I'm feeling um, like, wow, I've seen your face quite recently, multiple times. And I'm going to see you in a matter of days because I'm extra and I'm having two bachelorette parties. Of course. Did you have fun at your New York City bachelorette? I had an excellent time. Um, We went to a, well, first and foremost, I would like to say I didn't, I didn't, I originally was only going to have one bachelorette party, but I actually went to New York for a wedding this weekend and I thought, oh, I have some friends who aren't coming to my wedding and or aren't um, coming to my bachelorette party. Let's do a dinner in the city. So we went to a restaurant that I found by typing in restaurants like Puglia because Puglia is, you can explain Puglia. Puglia was booked up. Puglia is where you dance on tables and chairs and you wave around a white napkin. There's an Italian woman who's singing. It's unlimited wine, family style. My dad had his bachelor party there. Um, I had a graduation party there. It's it's just a fun time. Yeah, it's like a festive dinner that's meant to party. I mean, when we were right. 18 years old, we did a birthday party. What was the place called? It was called like Mangia. Mangiai Bevi. Mangiai Bevi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that place shut that down. That place is no longer. Well, I'm right. shocked. <laughs> That was probably like Times Square, I think. So I was trying to find a replacement location, and I found one. It's called Patricia's, which is almost my last name, which is Patricia. Do you mean middle name? Exactly. <laughs> you know, recently, a lot of people have been looking at my ID and calling me Patricia. Instead which is of so just strange. skipping your first name? Well, because it says my first name and my middle name, and people yeah. look at my driver's license and say my middle name. I'm like, can That's you read? Weird. I don't know. People are just... First, it was everyone calling me by my last name as if my last name was spelled with an L, and now it's everyone calling me by my middle name. I don't know. You, you know my middle name is famously misspelled, right? Marissa. But two R's, one S. Marissa. Marissa. And I can't even roll my R's or do anything fun, so it's just spelled incorrectly. Um, You could do, like, Mahisa, like, the double R, like... Melissa! Or that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, Patrice's, I will say, honestly, good food. I was, was shocked. Fine. The, the vibes were good. There was It was a, definitely a younger crowd mixed in with one table of older men, businessmen. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but it wasn't just men, but, and I think it's definitely the place where you go where you're a group of 20. Like, yes. I cannot imagine going, you cannot speak. The second, there were a couple friends who came I hadn't seen in a while, and I was like, maybe should have planned this differently to see you okay. prior. But it was fun. My one friend described it as like, senior frogs with like the weirdest cross cross section of people from New York City that you could imagine but I think it was it was like a very pleasant atmosphere I got a free t-shirt pleasant is an interesting word to use fun I would (laughs) I wouldn't say it was pleasant it was fun it was not a relaxing vibe exactly but it was great we got shrimp 
We got shrimp. And also, you went on chairs. You waved around that white napkin. A ball was had by all. A ball all. was had. Then we, we went made to it another to bar. a second location. We went to Whiskey Town. Had a great time. And then you know what else? Oh, we I did said more. we weren't going to go to McDonald's last week on the podcast. You Guess did where we went. We manifest. I manifested it you, for us. We went to McDonald's. I, I knew that. I knew you needed were McDonald's. Make us do that. He, McDonald's she, saved my life. Yeah, I'm sure it probably saved all of our lives. All of our. There was only three people left <laughs> at the end of the night. But yes. Um, what was interesting about McDonald's is that we were three people and we ordered three, four different items off the menu. Diet Cokes, burgers, chicken nuggets, and fries. And we each took on a personality or a liking to one of those things. So, Catalina, what were you? I'm a cheeseburger all the way. Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger was great, but I'm my North gal. Star were the nuggets. Mm-hmm. And Steph's North Star were the fries. Fries. I guess fries girly. All of our North Stars were the Diet Cokes, though. I mean, I love a Diet Coke. Diet Coke was great. I also will, I mean, since I'm on the trend of sharing disgusting habits of mine, when I used to be more of a partier, I don't really party. Well, now I'm party. Honestly, I think people think that I'm on like a serious bender. (laughs) We are. And I'm like, yeah, because this month is insane. And then in the spring, I'm just going to like sit down and not do anything. But, um... When I used to like go out more in graduate school and we would like get late night Whataburger or something, I would get a Diet Coke and then I would put it in the fridge and I would drink it the next morning. Wait, can I tell you that I drank some of my Diet Coke from McDonald's the next morning, but I, I didn't mean, put it in the fridge. Me neither. <laughs> but it was still so good. I mean, it's still good. It's like, the, I thought you were going to find that more disgusting. The ice like melts. I don't think it's gross. Oh, that doesn't flat. gross me out at all. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, Uncooked hot that. dogs straight from a package is disgusting. I'm sorry about Leftover that. Leftover Diet Coke. That's yeah. That's good for it's me. It's like a coffee, but yeah. not. Hmm. Well, speaking of disgusting <laughs> and food, yes. there's been something on TikTok that I have likened to the Couch Guy era, the West Elm Caleb era. There's, you know, these characters we grasp onto in TikTok, and there are these phases. And this one is particularly interesting because it is a woman who went on a date and proceeded to eat 48 oysters. Here's the original video. It's by Iquana. Y'all, so today I late with this guy I met a few weeks ago out with my friends. This been texting me for weeks talking to himself. Why I didn't block him? Bitch, I don't know. But today I was bored and I had time. So he texted me like, can we meet for drinks? And I'm like, yeah, meet me here. They got the best fucking oysters in Atlanta, like hands down. So I'm like, yes, I can get some content. Come on. Y'all, when the fourth one came out, he was looking at me crazy. I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, baby, you invited me out. I'm gonna eat. And I was coming anyway. But I ain't gonna lie. Now I wanna do all that. But I did do all that. They was so good. I was not expecting it to be that good. It was just so good. Like, I just, I had to. It was so good. So after that, I'm like, baby, mm, what's next? What am I about to eat? These potatoes, mm, they were so good. And the crab cakes, everything was so good. 10, 10, baby. Why the fuck this bitch has to say he going to the bathroom and never come back? The fuck? 
I'm like, hold the fuck on. It's been like 10, 20, 30 minutes, bitch. What the fuck is that? He had to end up grabbing a tab, bitch. He left me with his little one fucking drink. Yeah, bitch. I'm so glad, bitch, keep me some money. Because, what? That was crazy to me. And I said, bitch, you run out on the tab. He's talking about something. I'm offering you to drink. What the fuck are you talking about, bitch? This video has 5.1 million views. I don't even think I found the original video. I found like a version of the original video. Yes, I was introduced to this idea of the woman who ate 48 oysters by these two girls going to the location and saying, this is where it happened. And I'm gonna try to see if I can eat. Cause she also has a lemon drop. She has three drinks. lemon drops and crab cakes, crab cakes and potatoes. Mm -hmm. So these two girls are reenacting. They took their video down. Yeah, I wonder if there's some sort of backlash. I mean, the other thing is that yeah. it must have gone viral quickly enough. Or I don't know. Did you see when the original video was posted? It was about, I want to say it was, it was like five days ago. This is fresh. So this was fast enough for it to go viral yeah. and people to start going to the restaurant so and the, trying the trying to do the like do 48 challenge, oyster challenge which uh it's at fontaine's in atlanta georgia i just i like an oyster 48 okay I so think. it started this whole discourse about yeah. the audacity of the fact that this woman was on a date and she was ordering all this food and then the man apparently like ditched her because right. he had just gotten a glass of wine then there's a lot of back and forth of whether or not this was an ad for the restaurant. Mm. You know, with TikTok, do we are people Great really ad. doing this though? Are people really going on a date and ordering 48 oysters and videotaping and narrating the whole thing? I don't think so. Let's talk about the prices. So it was $15 for a dozen oysters, which is a deal. That's cheap. Yeah. Um, so her next video after this oyster video, someone commented you didn't leave a tip, but she left part of the tip on her card and part in cash. But the mm. overall bill was $184 for the drinks, the oysters, the crab cakes, and the potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Which for 48 oysters, I mean, that's a deal. It's a deal. Do you, would you, I mean, the burning question is, and this is what a lot of other creators are doing, such as another video I saw at Tien, who... Did she go to the restaurant? She didn't. Or she just tried she to do it in general. She tried to do it in general. She got up to 22 is the video. Yeah, she tried to eat 48 oysters. There's also this slurping noise happening in the oh, video. It's gross that, to me. So I just think the, the burning question for most people is, could you eat 48 oysters? Dina, could you eat? Okay. Could I? Yes. I believe in it. In my, in my lifetime, I could be a competitive eater. Yeah. I would prefer not to do it with oysters, and I would not do it with oysters because people, you could, you could there's bacteria that, you know, it's Oh, it's you're worried about the probability with your oysters. With my oysters. I, at that point, I think you'd be immune. So if you got a bad one, I don't even think you would know. I mean, because you're just eating them, eating them, eating them. Oh, like you don't think you would taste the flavor of a bad oyster after you have twenty? I don't. I don't think. I mean, I don't think that when it's a bad oyster, it's necessarily that it tastes off. It's just that it has a bacteria that makes you sick and you could die. Yes, affirmative. So with oysters, I'm not doing it. Would you do it? I okay. I could eat <clears throat> fifty shrimp easily, no questions asked. Yeah, shrimp. Yeah, sh shrimp is very different. It's cooked, <clears throat> cooked shrimp. I'm thinking about 
the times that I've ordered sashimi mm-hmm. at like a sort of mid-range type sushi place that will give you like 25 pieces of like hunks of fish. Yeah. You know? And you get the sashimi, there's no rice, and I would say, and you're eating just so much raw fish, and I would say by the last few bites, I start to be a little like, mm, this is a little too much. Mm-hmm. Oysters, I like, but I don't love. Right. So my answer is, I, I think I would start getting grossed out at around 15. I was going to say tw- a dozen. Yeah, I would start getting grossed out I've like a eaten- full dozen. I very regularly eaten like three oysters and three clams on the half shell. Yeah, you know six, that's, that's six. six. Doubling we can that, do math. <laughs> yeah, but doubling that, no problem. Mm-hmm, true. It also depends on some oysters are really big, some oysters are small. Also, a lot of people were commenting on her oyster technique and the toppings. So she would lemon them up, put Tabasco on them, uh, which is a great way to eat an oyster. I think I would put some horseradish on there. So there was the discourse of this girl is great she knows how to eat an oyster the right way there was discourse of this is disgusting on a date and there's discourse on the bill also the lemon drop drinks come into play oh we haven't even covered the lemon drops it's three martini like mini martini glasses they looked very cute they did they did i don't think they were mini though they were just straight up really lemon drop drinks no, I thought that they were kind of small from the video of the two girls doing them. Maybe it was the angle. I Everyone's think so. doing 0.5 zoom now, so everything looks mini. <laughs> but I would do three lemon drop drinks, no problem. Maybe the alcohol chases away the bacteria. I, You seem to be very worried about bacteria. I am. Hmm. As, well. a, as a germaphobe, bacteria is always on my mind. How do you feel that way about when you eat mussels? I eat mussels. I eat oysters. And yeah, I am thinking about the bacteria, but I still am enjoying them. I, yeah, yeah. Oysters are, oysters are a hot button, a hot button food. I will also say this really fits in with the Are We Dating the Same Guy NYC webpage. And um, one of the content creators we were talking about, um, a woman who was talking about, if my makeup costs this amount, like, I don't want... I don't know if we actually talked about this on the podcast, but it was a woman who was talking about how she only wants to go on dinner dates. And that's something that on this Facebook page that you put me on to, they're always talking about, like... Who should pay? I would never go on a coffee date. Yeah, they're talking about who should pay. And I think most people agree that you should not go on a first date and order 48 oysters and crab <laughs> cakes and three lemon drops. I think that... People and are potatoes. pretty much in agreement. And potatoes as well. But then does it get into like shaming women for ordering food? <laughs> and I think that also brings us to the next video because as a joke, we get the man side of the story. So someone mm. then says, I was the person on this date. It's clearly a joke, but it's amazing. I told my side of the story yesterday, but I'm going to reiterate what I said and go into a little bit more detail about my well, the most terrible date I've been on. Before I get the story started, no, I did not blow up her phone. I did double text her. I just wanted a night out, get some drinks, talk and get to know each other. But I did not know she was that type of person to devour and slobber down some oysters like the way she did. I had the expectations of maybe getting one or two drinks, maybe getting a couple appetizers, but I didn't know I was feeding a whole fucking line back Boy, that bitch can eat. But the moment I see her eating them oysters, slurping and burping, I was in pure B. Wilderman. I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I do this every fucking time. She's ordering lemon drops. I'm drinking my white wine. 
because I'm a sophisticated fella. But once I seen the way she was eating and then she's recording with the flash on, I got the ultimate ick. I knew it was time for me to bounce. When she was on her second dozen of oysters, she had slime and mud just running down her chin. It's like she was trying to turn me off on purpose. I thought that was the ultimate goal. I was like in my head, if you're not interested, you can say that. I could pay the tab and I can dip. But when I seen 48 oysters devoured, and I know her stomach was bubbling. I said, you know what, before she get the BGs, let me go to the bathroom and plan my great escape. Also, while she was giving those oysters fellatio, she did tell me I had pretty eyes. But I know she's just saying that so she can run this tab up on me and I can pay the whole motherfucking $200 bill. That wasn't happening. You can see my hair in the video and it's a waiter in the front when we first came in where you can kind of actually see him as well. I told him, look, man, I got to go get my wallet out of my car. I'll be right back. When I tell you I pushed 95 on 85, I did not give a fuck. I had to escape before I got devoured next. Now, while I was driving, I meant to block her. But she texted me right while I was on the highway, you know, cussing me out a little bit. But I did tell her I was very, very, very impressed that you devoured four-day oysters like that. Have you ever thought about being in an eating competition? You'll definitely win. But my bad, baby, I ran out on you. I was scared. I love this guy for capitalizing on this trend. It's not a trend. It's just a moment, a TikTok phase in time. I thought he, I mean, I could tell that it was a lie. Yeah. But he was also very convincing. He was convincing, for sure. He was really... And also because there's a lot, especially on, like, the messy side of TikTok, of people responding to each other. So mm-hmm. I was kind of convinced by him. But, I mean, good work, like, personifying, embodying this this character who was on... P- supposedly on this date and ditched this woman who was eating 48 oysters. I don't think that this is about shaming women. I think this yeah. is about behavior with strangers and like man or woman or non-binary. Like don't invite someone out for a drink or don't say you're going for a drink and then order $180 worth of food. Unless I the completely person, I guess, agree. Like really rich. That's well said. And also at the timing of it too, how much time is she spending eating these oysters? It's very bizarre. If you go for a drink or two drinks, you know, hour, hour and a half, I don't think she says how long it takes her to eat 48 oysters. Well, also, if you're videotaping, this is also why I'm not entirely convinced that this is some sort of, like, intentional way to get people riled up because I just, I don't know what kind of person goes on a date and films TikTok the whole time. Very true. There was that trend where people would go on dates and then it was usually the woman only speaking high school musical lyrics and filming it, but she would film her lap, you know, so you don't see the other guy and you just see how the, Mm -hmm. you hear how the guy responds. So there was that trend of filming dates. Uh, But yeah, I I don't know who to believe. Was this for the stunt or was this an actual date? We will never know. Yeah. I have seen some of these like filming guys talking to me. I saw this one of a girl where the guy is talking to her and being like, if you're not 100% Ethiopian, then like, I guess you can take a 23 in me. And I was just like, there's no way this is real. This is just like so outlandish. Like if there are real humans in the world like this, just like blast me off to another planet right now. I mean, I guess I know there are real humans. (laughs) There are real humans like that. Okay, well, should we move on from the oysters? Right. Yeah. Beyond sure. oysters. Beyond oysters, what's on your algorithm this week? I got a video by at the Sam underscore show where she is talking about 
being a talker. My biggest flex, my biggest slay, is that throughout all of my public school years, elementary through high school, teachers would rearrange their seating charts to move me in the hopes that they would curtail my talking and punish me by sticking me next to somebody who I had nothing in common with that I didn't want to talk to. But the joke was on them because there is not one single person that you could have sat me next to that I was not gonna talk to. I could talk to a brick wall if I wanted to. That's how talky I am. I can break bread with anyone. I can find something to talk about with any person. And they'd stick me next to the weirdest kid they could possibly find and I'd be like, great, a new friend, somebody new to engage with. They think this is what's finally gonna shut her up. We're finally gonna get her to shut up. Not quite my love, you thought. Sometimes I'd get my desk moved away to a corner by myself. This just empowered me to speak louder so that all of my classmates could hear me and to communicate my thoughts across the classroom to ensure that my messages were heard. They had such noble intentions, but I simply refused to be silenced. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I would say as someone who grew up as a talker, I identify with this. And I kind of expected you to identify with it as well. Well, Ashley, friend of the pod, sent it to both of us saying, this is totally us. No, I is sent this it. You? I sent it. Oh. I sent it. Okay, you sent it, but wow. I also <laughs> Let saw Let the it. record it was, show. Okay, doesn't matter. It also came across <laughs> my For You page, but both you and Ashley agreed that this was you and your strength in high school, that you would be moved and you could still talk to anyone. I was very much not I think like Ashley this. more than me. Probably. If I was sitting next to a best friend, like me and Alina would get into trouble all the time. But if I was sitting next to a stranger, no, I was paying attention in class. I was a loser. I'm going to focus. I'm going to try to get good grades. I was big time talking. I was talking. I was harassing. Who were you harassing? No, yeah. Mm, Like my bio partner. It's always the bio partner. partner. Yeah. Yeah. I would, you know what? Were you a note passer? I did love passing notes. Yeah, I passed notes. I wouldn't say I had very good classroom behavior at any point. I didn't have, I wasn't like insulting anyone. I also was a under my desk reader where I wouldn't do what we were supposed to be doing and I would read a book under my desk. I would never do that because I was always paying attention. (laughs) The only thing I was trying to do and my earth science teacher would clap his hands at me because I was always falling asleep in class. (gasps) I was always tired. Really? In high school? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Do you feel like, did you start, did you continue to fall asleep when you were in college or was it a high school Absolutely. Thing? It was worse in college. I would, I'm always falling asleep if I'm just sitting there like focused in business That's school. True. I tried really hard to not fall asleep, but there were definitely some classes I would fall asleep. I had a marker thrown at me in, by a professor in college once because I fell asleep. And I, I think like, that's, that's abuse. Weird. I mean, I would never throw a marker at a student. I hope not. I just like awkwardly let them sleep or I might like poke them like quietly if the students are like working. I wouldn't like would touch stop them. my lecture and poke t- them. Poke them? I, I don't think I would. T- with yes, like one finger? them. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking like I might be like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> you know, but if it's like a lecture hall, I'm not going to like walk up and wake poke you. Poke this was, we were, we were sitting in a table that was probably 10 people in like a seminar table and, and I fell asleep because I was overworked. Yeah. I was tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're always overworked and tired. I would fall asleep at 3 a.m. because I was up studying or doing homework. Or just not or on aim. Great, like, or, like, or on TV. aim. Yeah. 
or watching yeah exactly not having a great schedule sleep schedule but Mm -hmm. alas so yes the talkers on my page who's on your page there's a video by noah kai music and it's about travel versus vacation there is travel and then there is vacation and i need to explain the difference i just got back from two weeks in europe it was wonderful it was lovely and for the most part i was traveling and i think i needed a little bit more of a vacation so travel is when you're off gallivanting it is club plane another plane another location it's when you say things like oh i did london in two days shit like that you're on a bus you're going to tours yada yada vacation is where you just like spend a little bit too much money on a hotel or wherever you're staying and all you do is you wake up every day and you grab your book and you go sit in the sun or you know you go sit in a coffee shop or whatever the whatever it is but vacation is like downtime it is minimal movement other than getting to the location and travel is just boom 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 so when you're planning your next trip are you traveling or are you on going on vacation Catalina when we travel together we travel we do not vacation I think I don't when think... you travel I think you travel you are in activities I love girly. activities but there are some beach vacations I've taken where I just vacation if I'm going to a beach sometimes I just vacation but I do need activities yes, I love but... activities and you're doing activities on the beach. I think the difference is culturally motivated travel and leisure motivated travel. Yes, that's another way to say it. So are you going on vacation to learn and to explore another culture or another location and to learn about that place and to like immerse yourself in different environments and to go to museums? Or are you going just to disconnect? That's really the distinction that I see. Most vacations I go on, I need, I always say, I come back, I say, I need a vacation. Yeah. I just like getting to know, like, if I go to a city, for example, for a conference or something, that's probably the most likely I am to never leave the hotel is, like, if I went just for a conference. But even then, I still try to get out a little and see some things. I would have to, like, I don't know. Maybe this is just, like, our internalized need to be productive, thanks Mm -hmm. to capitalism society but i feel like it's a waste of it's a waste of an opportunity not just from a productivity stance but just from a like if i were to fly halfway across the world why am i sitting on a beach i could sit on a beach in florida when we went to portugal together what was it 10 days we had one beach day plan and that beach day was the most exhausting day because you made me hike down a mountain to get to the beach we were also unwell we were very unwell and then we couldn't get to the food stand because the water came up too far so we had to hike the mountain multiple times and then the car got stuck and Ivan had to push the car out of a ditch and then you got into a fight and I had to be an intermediary so that was not vacationing our one day we can't relax. It's right, just not the right. for us. Right, right. I actually don't know if I've ever been on what this man categorizes as a vacation. I have. After I ran my first marathon, I went with friends to an all-inclusive in Dominican Republic and just we just laid on the beach. There were some activities. We did some water sports and stuff, but it was truly, we did not leave the resort and it was very relaxing. And I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, no, I guess that, See, for example, this past summer, I went on what others might consider a vacation, which is I went to Nags Head 
with Ivan and his family, Hilton Head, not Hilton Head, the Outer Banks, went to the Outer Banks. It was basically they just would like get up every day and like go and sit on the beach every day. But I was finishing my manuscript. Your manuscript So I just sat inside. I think when you're with the like in-laws, it's not so much of a vacation. Depends who you're with. Oh, yes. Well, that's another aspect where you're never going to be like entirely relaxed. Exactly. Alas. Alas. The last thing my algorithm wants me to see in true form, it always wants me to get a side hustle. So this newest side hustle is data annotation. I got a video by Jacqueline Mitchell. It's very long. I'll just play part of her day. I'm Jackie, and I'm challenging myself to make an extra $100 a day for the next 100 days. This is day nine. My morning was honestly super routine. I made myself a latte, got ready for work, and headed out the door, and I was able to get to the office to start my main job at 9 a.m. I was pretty busy, so I didn't really film much today, but I headed to the store right after work at about 5 p.m. to grab some cornstarch, and then I headed home. I watched a couple vlogs for a little bit in the background while I did some prep work. We're getting our floors replaced in our apartment in a few days, so I needed to kind of prep everything that couldn't be moved day of and just get everything clean so it was an easy transition. I hadn't been on Swagbucks for a while because they were kind of disappointing me, so I logged on just to see if there was anything new, and I did see that they had an almost $250 payout for completion of a certain level on this new game called Ant Legion. It honestly looked pretty boring, but the nice thing about it was that it was tiered, so it wasn't like if I didn't hit that goal in 30 days, I lost everything, so I could still make some money, so I downloaded that. While that was downloading and I was setting it up, I did 34 minutes of annotation work for $15.58. So she's making $100 a day, mostly from this data annotation. And all the comments are like, woo, I started data annotation. I'm making money. To be honest, I don't get it. Ivan's doing it, Dina. I already saw this video like a month ago. So it's interesting to me actually that this is coming up on your For You page now. Wow. And I sent it to Ivan and it is, data annotation is training AI. So you're basically given different AI responses and you have to evaluate whether or not they're good responses. So you have different projects and it's, a. I looked at the, it's this exact same thing that she says to use. I looked at the evaluation that you have to do because you do a test in order to get hired as a data an- data annotator. They're basically trying to make sure that you're not cheating with AI <laughs> to oh, that's funny. data annotate. But it is kind of, it's not like, it's not a hard test, but you have to like write a story and do a bunch of stuff in such a way that like, I was like, oh, should I do this? And then it got to the point where it's was like, write a story. And I was like, nah, I got a job. You I can't have do time. this right now. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's good. It's good supplementary income, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit for Ivan, like depressing because mm-hmm. he's a writer. He's training, for example. Yeah. And he's like training AI to write poetry. Mm. but he was telling me he was or he was talking about he was like uh honestly like the questions they're asking are bad questions so I'm not worried about like (laughs) writing becoming obsolete because the questions that we're being asked to analyze like to evaluate the poetry are just like it's bad poetry so it doesn't matter either way that gives you some solace that's good yeah but I do think this is of the side hustles I've seen on TikTok This is the first one that I've been like, this is actually doesn't seem like an entire just like MLM Pyramid schemes. Yeah. A lot of them are pyramid schemes. My favorites have been drop shipping. My actually, my ultimate favorite was so many videos just told me to make a children's book and then sell it on Amazon. (laughs) I mean, who's buying that? 
I don't know, but people are making thousands, apparently. The other thing with the day-to-day notation is this girl either is really efficient at it or is picking really easy ones because it's not... Like, she must be spending a lot of time doing it. It's not like you just sit there and just click, click, click. You have to, like, read through it and, like, actually assess it. She's going through her day, and I'm exhausted watching it. She's made brownies. She's done her real job. She's going for a walk. She's cooking. It's just, that's a lot. I don't know how that's sustainable every day. But her goal is to make $100 every day. And, I mean, good for you. I just, the reality of that is I don't, I don't think I could do that. Well, and then with all of these things, you're going to have to pay freelancer taxes. I think what's going to happen with a lot of people is they're going to, re- like, it seems cool, especially if you're on TikTok and you're like 12 and you're like, oh, I'm going to data annotate. And then you learn what taxes are and you learn what like quarterly taxes are, you know, because you're getting a 1099 for this. You're not being taxed on it. So your $100 a day is becoming, what, $40 a day? So it's really low paid work. Wow. You just gave everyone a lesson in taxes, which which is the most fun topic to talk about on a TikTok podcast, but very valid information. I don't think a hundred dollars everyone's to know. forty, but you know if something like getting... that. Yeah, just save money for taxes. Don't spend your hundred dollars I mean, in one place. Don't think that you're one hundred dollars. Although, unless you make under six hundred, in which case you don't have to report it. Wonderful tax lesson. Thank you so much. Uh, shall we move you're on? Welcome. Stay hustling. Sure. All right, stitch, so stitch. stitch trends. Oh, stitch, stitch. Susie and her pesto are still going strong. I see at least three videos of that stitch every time we open the app. We talked about it last week. The stories get crazier and crazier. It's basically become, and I saw someone write a comment where it's like, this has basically become everyone's excuse to just trauma dump. Yes. <laughs> because they're all just like very traumatic stories. I saw one about a woman who found out. I, I also didn't feel like I ever got closure on her story, but she found out that she was a missing person. I saw another one of a guy talking about someone like not paying him, and it turned out later he found out it was a murderer. Like, I don't know. Like, I saw there's one a lot going on. Where a lady gave blood at school but then days later she was in church and she passed out a bunch of times and she didn't have a pulse so she was dead but then she was alive what (laughs) (laughs) no okay i feel the way about this trend that i felt about the bold glamour filter and it just needs to stop it's over it's enough i hereby Susie's pesto is over Okay, so let's go to our latest trend. Trend. Our latest. Stitch! So I saw, I guess this was the person who stitched it. Or was this the original? It was the stitcher. So the stitcher I saw was Aver Deedle. And she is responding to at Dr. Sable Orthodontist. Who asks the question, If you got offered a million dollars to on the spot start talking about a certain topic with no breaks for 30 minutes. After Le Creuset retired Fig and they retired Deep Teal, I discussed a lot of my favorite retired colors like Province. But what colors do they sell right now that I think they need to retire? We're starting off with an easy one. This is Cool Mint. I hate this color. Like, I, with most of Le Creuset's, like, some of them aren't for me. But this one should not exist. I absolutely hate this color. 
it's giving my bedroom in 2009 okay like why is this on an expensive piece of cookware i don't get it like this thing is 400 dollars. they should not make it in this color let me give you an alternative this is sea salt it's much more classy moody interesting and not childish Avery Doodle goes on and on about the Le Creuset colors, which, do you have Le Creuset? I have one Le Creuset thing that I got, I don't know what to call it. It's not a Dutch oven. It's a pot. something else. Some, nah, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's a ceramic vessel um, that I got at the Le Creuset outlets near my parents' house years and years ago for an ex-boyfriend of mine and then when we broke up and he cheated on me I took it back so now I have it <laughs> good for you, you so know what? also thanks I said we, that Le Creuset is mine that same ex-boyfriend was in a fantasy league with us and he did not get his $20 back and we kicked him out of the league and he probably would have he rec- no I, I mean I think the part of the story that is provocative is that after he cheated on me he emailed you and said can I get my $20 back yeah because no you kicked response. him out of the league I ghosted him so fast what is didn't he also like spell your name wrong I don't know there was some other element of that anyway that's how I ended up with the Le Creuset but I one fact I do know is that Le Creuset's Whatever they sell at the outlet is different from what they sell. And this is with a lot of stores, actually, which is why outlets are a racket. But what they sell at the outlet is, like, different lines entirely from what mm. they sell at the main in the main way, which is, I guess, through, like, Williams-Sonoma and the Lake Crusade website and so forth. So what um, color did you get? Some sort of blue. Nice. I think, I, I mean, I'm, I like the purple, that lavender one. It's so pretty. Um, more importantly, though, what could you talk about nonstop? I was thinking about this, and the answer is truly TikTok. I find that mm. at a lot of networking events or, you know, things work-related, if I get on the topic of t- TikTok, it's something I could go off about. I just recently taught someone about at work who likes TikTok about the double-time videos She's trying it. Mm. I could talk about the oysters. I mean, literally, that's why we have a podcast, because I could talk about TikTok Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes without a break. What about you? I would like you to guess what you think my topic is. Colonialism, apparently (laughs) taxes, and 1099s, because that that you went on for about a minute, but I think you could have done another 29 minutes. Uh, (laughs) Also, you have a PhD. You wrote a dissertation. So I wrote a book. And a manuscript. I wrote a manuscript and many articles. Not many, a few. Oh, wait, sorry. Before you, actually, that reminds me. I could probably talk about Coney Island for 30 minutes because I, my first documentary I ever made was about Coney Island because I researched it. I was going to say, this is, I don't think it's fair for me to leverage like what my job is Mm -hmm. as like anyone could talk about their job for 30 minutes. So I guess mine is a little bit adjacent because I could eventually turn this into, or I have actually done like academic work on this, um, but I could talk about Eurovision. Yes, yes, Eurovision's so good. You absolutely, you have taught me what Eurovision is. Probably did take thirty minutes, and I loved every minute of it. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you did. I really did. Those are those are our skills. So if any employers are hiring someone they want to monologue about 1099s and Eurovision, ooh, I can talk about, I mean, things related to my work, get me started on the 2008 financial crisis, Dina. I'll go. I'll go. Just get me started. 
What aspect of it? I don't know. Like, what do you want to know? How did the 2008 crisis start? Oh, it was about subprime lending. I don't think I want to teach people what a subprime <laughs> loan is on this No, podcast. I'm impressed. I didn't know. Your your strength isn't in finance, but you and the 2008 collapse is more of a finance thing. So I am impressed. Well, I'm out here learning in order to be informed in my stances when I analyze culture. Is it because you Such just as watched in this The Big podcast. Short? Oh, I've never watched that movie. Ashley, friend of the pod, said The Big Short is a movie she can watch over and over again. That's that why I just thought tracks of it. with her personality. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ashley, 13-year-old boy, <laughs> loves The Big Short. <laughs> I actually have never seen that movie, so I don't know if that's, like, a movie for 13-year-old boys. But I do feel like she she used to work at, like, a country club when we were in high school where she would serve, like, the middle school. Like, it was just, like, the middle schoolers coming and, like, ordering cooked hot dogs. And um, she was, like, really good friends with all the little middle school kids because she just had, like, common interests. And I feel like that... She continues to have some of those interests, one of which I'm saying is The Big Short. Let's put it out there. Is The Big Short for 13-year-old boys? I'd say it's for everyone, but I wonder what other listeners say. You know, write us <laughs> it, say write it's in. for everyone. We'll do, a, we'll do a poll. All right. Okay, New York City TikTok, our new section we started last week. We have a video that's really popular by Paige Davis. And it just shows that every weekend in New York City, it has been raining. But every weekday in New York City has been beautiful. We have not caught a break on the weekends. It's been a rainy mess. That kind of happened when I was in New York. Yeah, it was disgusting on Saturday. Or on Sunday, it was nice. Yes, Sunday was nice, thank God. But there's always one day that's a complete washout. Sorry, New York. Shall we discuss our content creator of the week? Yes. So I've selected, since I'm such a finance head, I actually, more and more, the older I get, think I wouldn't have liked studying finance or economics because I wouldn't have wanted, like, I like, like, a critical perspective on on economics as a, as, like, an academic field, but I love learning about, like, financial crises and other finance things, such as credit card points, which is, mm-hmm. so, um... This user at Dimes with Danny has situated himself as a Gen Z finance guru. And he came across my page because he was doing what your credit card, what men's credit cards say about them. Here's what a guy's credit card says about him on the first date, part two. If he pulls out either of these two cards, girl, trust me, keep this man. The Sapphire Reserve is the ultimate bougie travel daddy card and it's a way bigger flex than the Amex Platinum. American Express literally gives the Platinum to anyone with a pulse, but this, this card is harder to get. Great benefits, great points, great guy, green flag. If he pulls out the preferred on the other hand, he's definitely not at the bougie travel daddy level yet, but he's working on it. He's probably in his mid-20s, great job, knows the power of chase cards, green flag. If he pulls out a business card, you might think to yourself, okay, he has a business, probably makes good money, green flag. Wrong. You and I both know this is not a business meeting. He just wrote off your date as a business expense. This man is sneaky, cuts corners, and is probably involved in tax fraud. Red flag. If he pulls out the Apple card, he's such a tech bro. So I have a lot of credit cards. I have probably six credit cards because I also She has a lot of credit cards. (laughs) 
But my primary credit card is the Chase Reserve. What does that say about me as a woman? I mean, yeah, I think it was just like, does this person like points or or, or what? Are they strategic or not? There was a little bit yes. about like with the flexing where like if you put down a certain card just because it's hard to get that card, but it's actually not the best card you can use in that scenario. Mm-hmm. It's about financial literacy when it comes to credit cards which by the way the whole u.s point system is very particular to our like national context like i've tried to talk to friends who live in spain about credit card points and they're like i don't the idea that we could have these like byzantine gaming systems that are built on the backs of fees that are paid by like those who can't afford their bills which is essentially like the highly problematic aspect of credit card points that is something that is very particular to the united states that said, my primary credit card at the moment is a Venture X. <laughs> I was just going to say, the, the problematic point that you take advantage of oh so much, Catalina. So I mean, I'm just going to say, if you can't beat them, join them. I agree. I love points. It doesn't work for all scenarios, but it's the low-hanging fruit at this point. I'm just, I'm just, I, I like couponing. I like a deal. I feel like it it's a little like deal. like a deal. Yeah. I think some people just don't care that much. Right. It does speak to the strategy and the planning. It, it, it reminds me of how far can your boyfriend travel, that video we did. Mm. You know, are the, can they just go to, can they go to Europe or can they just go to a beach? Can they go to New Jersey from New York? <laughs> you know, it's the same type of idea. I do think, though, that at a certain point of financial stability, like the gaming, the credit card system is not indicative of your wealth. Because if you're really wealthy, you, I mean, you are smart about, in, or maybe not smart, but you are strategic about investing. Um, but I don't think that you would be like trying to game points in the way that people who are really into travel cards and like getting the sign-on bonus and then getting and then downgrading and upgrading I don't think someone who's like an actual millionaire is out here worrying about like downgrading upgrading they're just sticking with the same cards yeah I think someone like an Oprah or a Kim Kardashian (laughs) they're donating their points probably as a write-off you can donate your points too so they I mean they if they use Amex they have millions of points right so uh, I would hope they donate them because they don't need them. Oh my God, that is actually so true. They probably are donating them. And another financial literacy lesson, and they F you to corporations. The next time you're at a supermarket or CVS and they ask you to round up for children, you're going to look them in the face and you're going to say, no, thank you. No, thank you. Because that is how that corporation is getting you to help them write off charity donations on their taxes. So we aren't doing that anymore as a collective, as a society. No more. Did you ever do it? I feel like I've seen my mom do it before. <laughs> it's like the red nose campaign. You want a red nose at Walgreens, you pay a dollar. I don't want a red nose because Walgreens should pay their taxes and not ask me to pay their taxes. Correct. Because I'm out here data annotating and only making $40. (laughs) We got to name this episode Taxes with Catalina. I know. Just, I don't know. All right. Moving on. All right. We have our last section is our food and drink section. There's a video by Krista Alexa about Norwegian tacos. It's Friday. So let me introduce you to Norwegian 
tacos. Trigger warning. You might think it would be the U.S., but after Mexico, Norway is the highest consumer of tacos in the entire world. And they are often consumed on Taco Friday or Taco Friday. But the Norwegian taco is in a class of its own. So if you were expecting some authentic Mexican cuisine or even something that resembles Tex-Mex, you're in for a rude awakening. Ground beef seasoned by taco spice mix, the essential canned corn, sour cream, Norvegia cheese, canned salsa, though we've made our own, guacamole, but the avocados in Norway are usually too sad to buy at the grocery store, cucumbers are often popular, and maybe even pineapple. I once saw someone put ketchup on their taco, and I can never look at them the same again. Norwegians also have strong feelings as to the order in which these tacos are assembled. But you essentially wrap it up in a burrito and enjoy. At first I thought it was an abomination, but now when my Viking asks me what I want for dinner, I occasionally respond, tacos. And then I wonder if I have lived here too long. These are just like normal tacos. They're not though because they're burrito size. That's an issue is that I the see. video, it just seems like it's like when people are like, white people taco what? night. Yes, that's what I was like, thinking. Yeah, it's just like, although I think they have corn which is not that common here, I would say. But oh, the main cool. thing is that they're calling it a taco. But putting it in a burrito. A, yeah, it's giant. And folding it like a burrito, yeah. I do like the Friday Norwegian taco term. Yeah, instead of Taco Tuesday. Yeah. That, but in Norwegian. Yeah, that's fun. We also have... So that's also not a trend. I guess, you know, I haven't been it's seeing just too a, many food trends, but... Yeah, it's just it's just our food and drink section on TikTok because we yeah we're at on this point it's section TikTok it's highlights section. yeah highlights because sometimes you're seeing the trends and sometimes you're just seeing the foods and the foods that make you stop and you go huh we could have put the oysters in the food section as well but that needed to be at the top of the show this is true and actually that's I would even say a trend would be. The trend is trying 48 oysters. I can't even say it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> 48 oysters. Someone's going to make a song 40. of it, and I can't wait. If it's had, It's probably been oh. done, but we're going to start seeing a song. It's kind of like the girl who's like, it's a chicken salad. You remember that? There was no. a couple of, I don't know, at this point, like, time is a flat circle. I don't really know, but there was a girl, I think it was in Cleveland. It was somewhere that you wouldn't have expected. And it was a sound that became a trend. And it's a girl going, it's a chicken salad. It's like, what are you eating? She goes, it's a chicken. It was in Cleveland. Because then my friend was telling me this, like, bodega, essentially, this deli where the girl was eating the chicken salad got so popular because she had said that it's a chicken salad that way. But it was, like, just a normal chicken salad. Okay. Well, our last food concept is by Owen Riemann, and it's a six-minute video, so I can, can't possibly play the whole thing. But I'll, I'll hear some highlights. Random National Dish, episode number three. The series where I spin a wheel containing every single country in the world. Whatever country it lands on, we try and cook their national dish. Last time out was Italy. Let's see who we get today. Here's the wheel. Let's give it a spin. From Cambodia to Italy and now into Gabon, we are cooking today chicken unyembwe. Never heard of it, but let's give it a go. A quick trip to Sainsbury's, then it's time to get this show on the road. Ingredients acquired. I've got chicken fillets, red palm oil, some onions, butter, and garlic. That's it. That's apparently all we need for Gabon's national dish. So let's see how it goes. 
plus pureed chilies and a stock cube. Step one, in a large bowl, add the chicken, the black pepper, and a crumbled up stock cube. It's just chicken in a bowl. No, Dina, I, this man does not know how to cook. This is what's <laughs> yeah. happening. This man is so bad at cooking. He, in every step of the way, whenever he grabs a knife and he starts cutting with it, I'm like, you're going to chop your hand off. You don't know how to hold anything. He does not understand anything about cooking. And if you look up, actually, um, well, we'll put the user in the episode notes, but if you look up in the search bar where it's like, other people looked for whatever, whatever. Um, people looked up the national dish of Gabon and found this other guy who is from there and had made the national dish and everyone was going to his video being like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. And it looks good. <laughs> yeah. It looks normal. It doesn't look like weird. I mean, the visual, sadly, there's no visual on this, but this man must be stopped. He, I watched so many of his videos after this, Dina. He made a bolognese that was, he was using, he said it called for bacon or something, and he was just cutting prosciutto, and oh, okay, oh, he, See, he must be stopped. What I got from this video was not his terrible knife skills or terrible cooking, which goes to show my skill set of cooking, because to Wait, me, Dina. I didn't get that. Okay, wait, so you watch this video and you're like, wow, Gabon has, like, a very weird, like, national dish? I mean, it, to me, it was just the way he cooked it, not good or bad. It's sort of the way I would cook. It's the way I do No, cook. Dina. No, I really, I, Dina, we're going to have to have a sit down if you cook this way. No. Have you seen me cook? I, I think one... Mm, <laughs> I've known Dina Greenbaum since the year 2007. No, 2006. And I'm I'm struggling to um I first of all once stopped you from microwaving a like weird prepared rice thing that had like 3000 your daily va- 3000 times your daily value of sodium. I remember that very vividly from college. Have I seen you cook? I want to say I've seen you make your fajita meal. But I think I've only heard you talk about it. Yes, because I started making that during the pandemic. So I would have never made it in front of you. I did help you cook when I would come to you for Christmas. I would help you cook. And you yelled at me once for using a serrated knife on an onion. I'll never forget. (laughs) I mean, I I stand by that. (laughs) Okay. I stand by that. I probably won't try making this Gabonese dish. We'll say that. I mean, this man, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about the fact that you watched this video for six minutes and thought, yeah, this is funny. funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I probably wouldn't make this. No, actually, I do have red palm oil from making um, some Brazilian food. Um, So maybe I should make this this dish and report back. But this, I will say, after I watched this guy, several of his videos of him cooking food, I also think he's doing it for the bit because he mm-hmm. knows that his cooking his, is just downright like, did you read the recipe, sir? <laughs> and I That's love me. people like earnestly giving him feedback in the comments like, you should heat the pan before you put the oil <laughs> in. 
You should be on Worst Cooks in America. Sign me up for that show, too. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And please follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you next week. Bye.